was a sort of sunny September day. And I remember thinking the world was so full of opportunity and then walking into this huge hall where I didn't know a soul and you're nervous. And there's part of you that wants to run away, but there's part of you that digs deep. And it's only by doing that that you become truly confident in who you are as you get older. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador. And each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. This week, we're talking to one of the industry's most well-respected beauty experts, Nadine Baggett. Nadine landed her first beauty editorial role in 1989, and she's been sharing makeup bag secrets of the rich and famous ever since. Initially, she built her career as the beauty director at one of the UK's most popular weekly magazines, and she was often presenting on TV. But now she uses her social media channels to communicate with women in her own way. In her late 50s, Nadine is passionate about having honest conversations with women who want to look great at every age. So whether it's an expensive project that isn't worth the hype or a little procedure she's had which is enhancing the way she looks, everything's on the table and that's why her followers love her. Here she is telling us what confidence means to her. It's Nadine. Nadine, it's so lovely to have you because, as you know, one of the things we really want to explore through having our own podcast is the topic of confidence. And to me, you are without a doubt one of the most confident people in the beauty industry. Thank you. Confidence comes with age, though. I think when I find very young people who are very confident, I always think they're a bit of an anathema. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, well, the, the simple thing is, is confidence really comes with overcoming life's tough decisions, tough moments. And you wouldn't kind of wish tough decisions and tough moments on young people. So the one advantage to the bagging and the sagging is the confidence (laughs) as you get older. But I think it's funny. There's so many different things I would observe about someone to see them as confident, but you just have an air of, um, it's the way you hold yourself. I mean, it helps that I am nearly six foot tall. Well, that definitely helps. And high heels as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I do tend to walk into a room and everybody sort of just goes, oh my God, who's that giant? So yeah, So it's one of those. But um, It's partly physical, partly emotional, I think. But it's definitely something that just came with age. I mean, the last time I remember being really insecure would be at school maybe and not fitting in maybe first jobs when you walk into an office for the first time and it's all a little bit devil wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, apart from that now, there's not a lot that phases me. But and, it's because I've been through a lot. And speaking of first jobs, so I know that when you first graduated, you started doing various different magazine jobs, but it was 1989, yeah. if I remember, that you got your first January kind of big the 3rd. Really? Yes, yeah. I been a journalist pretty much since graduating, probably from about the age of 22. And then I knew I always wanted to work in women's magazines. And I finally landed a job in women's magazines in January 89. And I was just sort of, that was probably one of the last moments where I was a bit insecure. And I came in all wide eyed and just thought, I've 
arrived. Because <laughs> at the time, I mean, I suppose in a way now everybody wants to be a YouTuber or an Instagram or a TV presenter or famous, you know, Simon Cowell and all that. But honestly, for me, working on a magazine was just the height of luxury. It was just so glamorous and magazines were hugely successful and had huge circulations and beauty and fashion and features just sounded so glamorous. And I mean, I've listened to so many great interviews that you've done about your career in a lot of detail. So I know that you did a brilliant episode of the Emma Guns Show podcast. And I just wondered, you know, that actually the episode I'm thinking of that you did with Emma Guns, it was a really great kind of anecdotal episode about all the celebrities. It was brilliant. (laughs) Having met so many people over the years with big profiles of their own, Did anything surprise you about their levels of confidence? Like, are the rich and famous the most confident? No, they're not. Um, I think that there is a sort of healthy mindset, which should be that deep down inside, over time, you become confident in who you are and what you do. Because if you overcome enough problems and you do it frequently enough, you'll be confident in your job or you'll know your role in whatever it is in life. You know, you could be a caregiver, you could be a mum, you could be a banker, you could be a doctor, but you become good at what you are over time and you become confident in it. And then on the surface, I think everybody's role is to be humble and to say, well, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, let me encourage you. One of the famous sayings is when you become successful and you rise to the top, always send the lift back down. And I think that's the secret of mental health. So you're humble on the surface, but deep down inside, you're quite steely and quite confident. And most famous people have the reverse psyche. So on the surface, they're hugely, hugely overconfident and quite bombastic. But deep down inside, they're in a really highly competitive world where there's always somebody younger, thinner, fitter, more talented. So deep down inside, they're hugely insecure. So they're the opposite of what I would call mentally healthy. So they don't feel as comfortable perhaps sending the lift back down because... They Uh, want to stay in the lift themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And I think also the younger you are when you become hugely famous, the more problems you're storing up for later. I think of of all of the celebrities I've met, the most confident ones are the ones that fame came to them fairly late in life. So Mm. they weren't surrounded by yes people from a really young age. If you're surrounded by yes people from a really young age, you have no sense of who you are or your role in life, really, because nobody's ever going to say to you, I'm not doing that. You know, that literally you need people to push back at you at a really young age to set boundaries. So essentially, if you become famous when you're 13 or 14 and you're surrounded by yes people, then you end up becoming like a toddler that's never told no. Well, it's funny you should say that because one of the things I was going to ask you as well is so you're so used to being the beauty director at a magazine at this time. So you've got your editor kind of giving you guidance and working with you to come together with what you need but then you ended up four years ago today as you told me a minute ago my Facebook memories I launched my YouTube channel four years ago today so four years ago today you inherit this completely different editor which is the everyday woman that's reading and absorbing and you know you jumped from having this very traditional outlet to share your thoughts views beauty expertise all of the rest of it to then having real women talk to you every single day and tell you what they thought of your work that day. Um, What was that like to navigate that difference and how was that journey? I mean, it was a slow process, a slow transition. So I started my YouTube channel four years ago because I knew that traditional print media was dying. Um, And I knew that digital was the way forward. And it was a kind of no-brainer 
as an ex-TV presenter and journalist to set up my own YouTube channel. And the hardest thing, and we were saying before we started recording today that you've taught yourself to podcast, the hardest thing is the technical stuff. I always oh, felt yeah? comfortable in front of a camera. You know, I'd been doing live television for 20 years. I'd been a journalist. I'd worked on a daily and on a news, uh, a weekly. So I wasn't worried about the hard work. It was the technical stuff about recording and remembering to turn the mic on and all those things. Yeah. We've made mistakes over the years. And and then there was the slow realization that even though I'd always worked on newspapers and weekly, so I'd never really worked on the glossy monthly. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that elitist. But then suddenly when slowly my numbers started growing and people started sliding into my DMs, you have this realization that real people are prepared to give their views to you. Yeah. And I say it to this day, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's just, it's interesting. So, you know, 113,000 on YouTube, 88,000 on Instagram, they will tell you if they don't like what you're doing. My followers are the reason that I can make a living doing what I'm doing. And therefore I have to be respectful of them. They're really important to me. And I always say there's a sort of, there's two sides to every story. The most common, I get two sorts of DMs. I get the one where there's a picture attached. And luckily enough, I'm old enough where I know it's not going to be a naked person. You never know, Nadine. I doubt very you much. You don't know. But more often than not, it's a rash or it's a it's yeah. an outbreak or it's rosacea or it's perioral dermatitis and people just want advice. And then the other thing is you forget you've replied to somebody and then three months later you get the aftershot and you get the, you've changed my life. Oh my God, thank you so much for introducing me to those products. Thank you for the first time. I feel like I got honest advice, not just from one brand, but from an expert that actually knew what they were talking about. There's nothing better than those DMs where they come back and they go, look at what you did. It worked. Look at my daughter, look at my son's skin. You've changed the way they feel about themselves. You've boosted their confidence. I think what does have a part to play in this though, Nadine, is your 57 you look a million dollars let's be honest um but I think the openness that you have about your age and about you know what's working for you what is going to give you a realistic result is another reason why people feel that they can trust you so much and I think for me I remember when you were first kind of taking over the social media landscape there was but like no it's true like there was there was no one of your age looking amazing well it's speaking out I mean it's the reason I started my YouTube channel I think it's really hard to start a YouTube channel I think probably the best thing to do is not to know how hard and how much work you're going to have to put into it. Um, I think I was probably arrogant and I thought I was going to get, you know, tens of thousands of followers straight away. And by the end of the first year, I had barely 12,000 followers. Um, But the reason I kept plugging away at it was because I have a unique perspective in the sense that now I'm 57. I know what works. I know what doesn't. I know what is affordable. I know what isn't. I, you know, when you've been through the journey of aging 30 years in the public eye, and you've helped so many real people with real skin problems, it's a very humbling experience. When people tell you that they can feed a family of four for what that serum costs, you keep that in the back of your mind constantly when you create your content. So you make sure that there are affordable options for all women of all ages and all skin tones. It's really important. And that's been very humbling for me. And it's taught me a lot. Even it's, I've probably learned more in the last four years than I did in the previous 26 years as a beauty journalist. Do you have a moment that stands out of, I mean, in particular, I'd love to know if you've had like an in-person experience with a reader that Yeah, I mean, your I, I do, I'm doing or... more and more meet and greets, as yeah, we call them now. Yeah, and I've the, seen that. It's great. The I most think. important feedback you can get is, oh, 
you look better in real life than you do on Instagram because obviously, <laughs> you know, I'm really anti-filtering and face tuning and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And actually, that's the best feedback you can get is, oh, and or you get, <laughs> quite often I'll get a DM going, I was on your flight to wherever uh, and I wanted to come and say hello and I really didn't want to intrude and I always go for God's sake come up and speak to me don't be daft you know unless I'm fast asleep on a flight but you know well you just touched on something there that I know that we're very passionate about it at cosmetics nothing's ever filtered or airbrushed and I'll tell you now there's been a few photos I wish they were because they really are true to their word um how do you feel about we live in an age where we're creating all of this content, but half of it has got a filter through it and you can't even see the real outline of someone's nose. I'm anti-Facetune and filter, but I understand why people do it. Um, yeah. But as I always say, nobody's following me because I'm beautiful. They're really following me for my advice and my information. And I feel that if I'm telling people about skincare and makeup and I'm using Facetune and filter then I'm lying to them. But the minute you start taking sponsorship, if you start to filter yourself, then you are definitely being paid to lie pe to people. And that's just shocking. But you know that the way to not need a filter or a face tune is CC cream, right? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Leave true. Leave your hand, back up the track. <laughs> you don't need a filter or face tune if you've got a great base. Do you know what? Bit it's, of liner, bit of mascara. <laughs> it's a nice position to be in that I know that Anyone I have told about that CC cream will text me and say, I can't believe I hadn't tried that before. We were laughing before we came on air that if somebody tells me that they don't get on with it, I always like go, can't uh, help. that's Excuse not me? true. That can't be, that can't be true. What are you doing wrong? <laughs> I, I mean, I know we're not supposed to be talking about cosmetics products, but my God, I do love that product. No, but you know what's lovely though, is I think that it's very special to me that so many people that are speaking to real women all the time are going to talk about the brand. And I think it's so important that I, I think there is so much fun to be had with makeup and beauty and skincare and everything. But you have to be realistic about the results that someone can expect to see. You know, I love that you will touch on any little nip tucks here and there with a bit of Botox or whatever it is that you've done. You're always very honest about and open about. And I think that must have a huge impact on the messages you get. Because yeah. people can clearly see, you know. And I started a strand on YouTube recently, Real Women, Real Makeup, Real Time, where I invited, I've just started to invite women of all ages on. And the feedback was just absolutely unanimous. It's like, oh my God, like, you know, women really do make their faces up in five minutes and smudge their eyeliner of and course. then, you know, spit on their finger and wipe it off at the corner and all that sort of stuff. If looking at those faces and seeing a real woman of a certain age reflected back empowers me, then I want to be that person to the next generation down. I want somebody to look at me and go, actually, you know what? Getting older isn't so bad. Like Nadine's pretty cool. Like, you know, she doesn't look too bad for 57. I just feel like there needs to be, I guess I feel the same way that body positivity people do or women of all skin tone do. Yeah. You just need to see yourself reflected back. That's all you do. And there just aren't enough real women in their 50s on social media, which is the reason I started my YouTube channel at the age of 53. And I think it's, you know, day to day, we're all under so much pressure with everything in our lives anyway. Um, and things can feel so competitive. You know, if you see someone of the same age doing a 
job that you would like to do or looking better or not having as many wrinkles. There's so many things that we're all exposed to all the time. How do you maintain your own kind of sense of well-being when you're in such a competitive environment? I mean, I think it gets easier as you get older, but also like you have a totally different understanding of the aging process by the time you get to my age. And so, you know, I don't feel that somebody else's success is a your failure. I really yeah. don't. I genuinely believe that we're all in this together and I try to support everybody who's trying to do something different and unfiltered and unfacetuned and and being honest and authentic. And I guess maybe if I was in America and I had a bit more competition, um, but there are some advantages to being the oldest Instagrammer in town, as my boyfriend calls Go me. on, what are the advantages of being the oldest Instagrammer in town? Well, one, that if a brand wants to work with and a YouTuber that's my age, who else do they work with? Which makes me very lucky. Two, you do learn over time to be very confident in your skin. And that comes purely from age. It really does. So if you think back to when you're 18 or 19 and or even younger, 14 or 15, and you're at school and you haven't, you know, nothing's really gone wrong in your life, hopefully, fingers crossed. And so you have no real sense of who you are or how deep you can dig or you know, that level of grit where you can overcome that feeling. And then you go through certain things in life and it's, it could be anything. It could be going for a university interview or it could be that first time. I remember as clearly as anything walking down the streets of London, the first day I went to university and I kind of like I'd been brought up in the Hicks in Hampshire. And I remember getting out of the train and getting on the tube and walking down bank in the city. And it was a sort of sunny September day. And I remember thinking the world was so full of opportunity and then walking to this huge hall where I didn't know a soul and you're nervous and a little bit of you saying, oh, I don't want to do this. Let's walk away. It's like the first time you ever do public speaking or you ever do live TV or you go for a job interview or you're getting bullied by a boss and all that sort of stuff. And I just think it's, there's part of you that wants to run away, but there's part of you that digs deep, hopefully. Yeah. And you just keep going. And every time you you're confronted in that situation by that feeling and you overcome it, I can pretty much guarantee you will come out of that situation on a real high, an absolute endorphin high because you have overcome your fears. And it's only by doing that that you become truly confident in who you are as you get older. And how do you overcome that fear you know is it something that you feel frightened and you still do it yeah or you find a place of calm and then you tackle it no you feel the fear and do it anyway I think it's really interesting because I think when I was younger I was never driven by like money even though I come from a really working class background but I was driven by a need to escape a need to come up to London a need of kind of a feeling of not fitting in which a lot of people who end up in London uh, feel. They feel like like I had nothing in common with really anybody I went to school with or anybody on the estate I grew up in or anything like that. So I was driven by a need to escape when I was younger, then a need to get into magazines and do TV and all that. And then when I got older, it was kind of, and I think there's nothing wrong with this, there is always the need especially if you're in a work situation and you feel like your boss doesn't appreciate you or you feel like somebody's trying to put you down. I could never run away because I had to pay my bills. I, you mm. know, I stood on my own two feet from leaving university. My parents couldn't give me any money. So you had to dig deep. You couldn't run away. And that actually makes you a much stronger person in the long term. Most of my really good friends, most of the people I've got massive respect for are quite tough, 
they've got a real work ethic, they've got a real sense of their own self, and they're sort of women in their mid-40s now, up until their early 50s. And they're very successful at what they do, but they still remain humble. But also, they're not frightened of hard work. And I, I think I've surrounded by, myself by people like that now. And we've got a lot in common. So you've got that friendship group now. Yeah. But before, All from the industry as well. Why didn't you feel like you fit in? At school? Yeah. What was the thing that was wrong? Uh, too tall, too flat-chested didn't want to get married, didn't want to have children, didn't want to settle, didn't want to stay local. So it was a mixture of kind of physical and yeah. emotional things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that I was 5'11 by the time I was 11 for a wow. start. So school discos were a nightmare. Okay. This was the 70s. Huge wedges were in fashion. No boy was asking me to dance. Um, but I think also it was that sense of both my parents worked in a factory their whole life and everything I am, I, owed to, I owe to them. Um but I just knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I worked in my dad's factory every summer holiday and then all over the holidays and stuff like that and to pay my way through university. Um, and it was amazing. And I have complete respect for my parents and what they achieved, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to work nine to five. I knew I wanted to do something different and creative that gave me freedom. I knew I wanted to live in London and when you got all of those things, is that a time that you felt that you became really confident? It's honestly, it's not a single thing. It's a, it's a slow and steady wins the race, you know, without getting too dark and miserable no. and things like that. I mean, it's little things like, you know, uh, losing best friends in accidents and then just kind of, you know, going to their funeral when you're really young and just thinking, I don't want to do this. I can't deal with this. You know, you could easily go off and have a drink with your friends or go to work. And it's things like, you know, caring for a parent when they're really unwell and they've died and things like that, being bullied at work, being made redundant. I was made redundant. I mean, you're so lovely to, to do the highlights of my career. So I was, I started in magazines when I was in 1989. I've been I bought my first flat in my 20s, but I bought my first flat on my own probably about three years after that. And then I was made redundant because um, the magazine I was working on was was uh, in trouble. And I remember having a big mortgage, first flat on my own, being made redundant and thinking, like, what, do I what do am now? I going to do? Yeah. And I remember cold calling the Daily Mail and leaving a message for them and then sending, probably in those days it was a fax. Yes, I am really that old. <laughs> but I remember sending them, it might have been an email and just saying, look, you know, I've just left this magazine and I'd love to come and work for you. Here are some ideas. And this person rang me back and went, hi, it's Louise from the Daily Mail. And I said, okay, yeah, well, I was super excited. She said, I really like some of these ideas. However, I have no idea if you can write or not. I mean, that's the way they talk to you on newspapers. Uh, so I'm going to commission you to write one. And if it's no good, I won't run it. And if I like it, we'll pay for it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like super excited. Didn't think, wasn't insulted by that at all. Went away, wrote it. And I remember going out and coming back late one night and it was the time of answering machines and I wish I'd kept the tape. And it was, hi Nadine, this is Louise from the Daily Mail. Just to let you know, I got your copy. It was the single most intelligent piece of beauty writing I've ever heard. We're going to commission you to do whatever you want from now on. And it was only by being made redundant and being up against the wall and having to pay my bills that pushed me out of my comfort zone to cold call the Daily Mail and do that. That's what I mean by you have to push through whenever you're, whenever somebody puts an obstacle in front of you, it's only by come, overcoming that obstacle that you will create the confidence to move forward and then overcome the next obstacle. And it could be personal, it could be relationships, it could be financial, it could be professional. 
that's what makes you confident. And that's why, in a way, you don't want young people to be overly confident because that means that they've been through a lot. And you wouldn't wish that on anybody. You really wouldn't wish the death of a partner or a best friend or redundancy or illness on any young person. You should literally be in a bubble in your teens and early 20s where you're running around full of hope and a little bit insecure. And then you just fake it till you make it. (laughs) Do you think having those experiences has helped to mould why you are the kind of person that likes to see another person do well and build them up to that place. And I want to be that person for other people as well. Um, And a lot of people would say you are, Nadine. That is something that people would say of you. I think, you know, I like to compliment people regularly, even if it's strangers in the street. I just think you get so much negative feedback that if somebody does a really good job, and that's true of anybody that I work with as well, they need to be told they're doing a good job. Um, I remember when we did that uh, YouTube video together and we'd never filmed together and we sat down and we just, obviously I'm used to working the way I I worked. I'd never seen you on camera. I mean, I knew you as a person and we sort of fit together perfectly. And then when we came off air, the camera guy went, oh my God, that was like, it was rehearsed. That was like absolutely perfect. And I remember turning around to you and going, oh my God, you're really good on camera. Like you should do more of that. You did say that. And you just need to tell that to people. People need to know if they're doing a really good job. Um, By the same token, you know, they need feedback if they're not. And that's why I'm bad at that, which is why I always work on my own. (laughs) But I just think people need to be complimented. They need to be encouraged the whole time because I know what it's like to have negative feedback and I know what it's like to be bullied and I know what it's like to have to be isolated in working situations and then I also know the two or three people in my career that have encouraged me the most who I owe everything to. And what would you say to someone listening that wants to feel their most confident what what tips would you give? I mean if you're young you've got to fake it till you make it you really have sadly. Um, You know I'm looking back now and thinking back to what it was like 20 or 30 years ago the first time I ever stood up and spoke in public or the first time I did live TV and I guess maybe I was so excited to be in the moment it was that mix of excitement and fear that you just think right I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Actually I remember funnily enough now I remember the last time I got really really nervous And it was four years ago tonight at the launch of my YouTube channel. And I remember because it was all of my peers. So when I looked out, I recognized everybody. It was all the best PRs, all the best brand managers, all the best GMs, all the other journalists. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I've like, it's so easy to stand up and speak in front of an audience where you don't know people. But you know every single person. And I was literally about to talk to, about myself and why they should all be invested in this YouTube channel, which... So I remember being counted down to do it and inside thinking, oh my God, I actually... Like, I'm shaking. I feel really sick. But you just get up and do it. And then you get up and do it. And then within 10 seconds of being up there, it's completely natural. And then you come off. And then that's the biggest endorphin high in the world. And I remember people posting afterwards, I had no idea Nadine could speak like that in public. But it's that moment of thinking every fibre in your body is saying run and you just don't run. And I admire people that dig deep, put on their big girl panties and do it. And if you were to have a woman listening that's hearing this and hearing, you know, the world is quite male dominated. What advice are you going to give her to just not let that grind her down and carry on doing what she needs to do? 
it's tough. But when you get to a certain level, even in the really big companies, most of the brand managers are guys. Certainly all the general or most of the general managers are guys. Um, and I think it's partly because I think it's partly because women have families and then they have a different set of priorities. So they don't want to give their life literally to a brand or to a company. Um, or they want the desire to be flexible. Yes. Another guest that we've had is Anna Whitehouse, yeah. who launched this amazing flex appeal to encourage she's employers. She's as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. All she's you fantastic. want is flexibility. flexibility. And I remember, did you see the Kathy Burke TV series recently? She's a couple of years younger than me. And somebody said to her, Sam Morton, the actress, said to her, why did you never have kids, Kathy? And she said, or get married. And she said, well, because I thought it was either or. Like in the 70s and 80s, you thought it was career or family. And then Sam Morton said, well, my husband, I was more successful than my husband, so my husband gave up work to look after the children, which mm -hmm. enabled her, obviously, to become an Oscar-nominated actress and that sort of stuff. Um, but I just think it's I, ultimately, it's really, really tough. That's depressed you, hasn't it? It has a little bit, actually. It set me off on a different tangent. But That's I feel it. YouTube beauty is all run by, mainly run by women, so... I'm now in a women-dominated world like I was in magazines. Well, woman, man, you know, old, young, whatever the criteria, what do you think is the biggest thing that brings us all together in terms of a hurdle we have to overcome to be really confident? Um, I honestly think for most people, bearing in mind most people listening to this are not going to be my age, it's a sense of breathe deep, shoulders back, smile and fake it till you make it. It really is. I remember when I was younger, I even did a temporary job at IBM once and somebody said to me, do you know how to use computers? This is a long time ago, people. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd use a microfiche in a library. I don't know if there's anybody <laughs> even old enough to remember microfiches in a library. And then I turned up on the first day and just thought, mm, what? no, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I remember kind of being in a room with all the people that the young guys from uh, university that had taught. And I remember sitting next to them going, do you want to teach me how to do this? Like, where's the on button and stuff like that. And I think it's the same with live TV, being thrown in front of a camera. You literally just smile and breathe and be nice and work really hard and eventually you'll make it. You really will. Being kind and smiling will get and being hardworking will get you a long way in life. I think being kind is probably the most important thing you can be. I think being hardworking is probably more important. I don't know because... But it's a good combination, trust me. It's a good combination. It's like bit. saying serum. It's like retinol or SPF. <laughs> Which <laughs> one? Memes, exactly. It's both. You need both to have great skin. I think you need both to be confident. You need to be able to work really hard. And I just think kindness goes a long way. Like just smiling goes a long way. It well, really does. Nadine, what's coming up next? For someone uh, that hasn't maybe found you before now or someone that's known you for a long time, what can we what can we expect to see? More of the same, more of going out, going onto the high street, finding the best products that work at a reasonable price. And it's just my job to bring them to people. Um, and I think in the process, if I can help people with bad skin conditions or don't feel confident in makeup or their hair or their exercise or anything like that, then... My aim in life is to make people feel more confident. It really is. It's to give them the knowledge that they can go out, feel better about themselves and make themselves feel, feel more confident. Because in the end, confidence becomes contagious or it should be contagious. 
if you're encouraging other people. Nadine, thank you so much. It's been really lovely to um, just hear a bit about your story, really, and try and get to the bottom of what makes a confident person so confident and hopefully share some of the wisdom. Also, can I just say, go on. good eyeliner game today. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm very pleased with it. I had to do it live on camera. You didn't. Yep. But here we are. Good liner. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you. Nadine, thank you so My much. Pleasure. And uh, we'll hopefully look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you for listening and if you liked this episode please subscribe and leave a review you can find us on social media at it cosmetics on facebook it cosmetics uki on instagram and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk thank you for joining us we'll talk to you soon